Talking Toilets with Alex Hope and William Smith. Hello and welcome back to Talking Toilets goes into lockdown for the fourth week. Woo! Uh, yep, thank you for joining us for number four. We hope you've you know come from listening to the other ones. Um, yes. And yeah, it's good to see that you're not fed up with us talking toilets and all the things around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're not going to release our metrics yet because uh, <laughs> compared to other podcasts, I'm sure uh, I'm still in the playgroup stage of, of everything. I think we're doing all right. We've had we've had some fan art in. We've had yeah. people sending us their thoughts, which we're, we're going to go through today. We've had invites to collabs, which have been uh, very exciting for future episodes. But the, I mean, really, because we're in the lockdown situation, um, we haven't really been able to enjoy other toilets, have we? We've only been focusing on our own. And, you know, mine having last week when I interfered with the mechanics of the toilet. Good choice uh, of words. Have to, have, to, have to say that it has been a, a phenomenal success. A flushing yeah. success. A royal flush. A royal flush. It no longer leaks. It flushes quick and perfect. I'm thrilled for interfering with it. You haven't had um, any further contact with key workers coming just, just because of your interferences. Yeah, it's one of the main positives of being a renter, isn't it? The, yeah. the idea that if there is an issue, they will fix the problem quite swiftly and it's kind of included in the rent that you pay. But yeah, so I haven't really had much toilet experience this week except for having a, a good flushing toilet. No, same as me. The The Lural has definitely run out on that kind of experience. But we had a nice message from somebody in Brighton who messaged saying they literally had the same thing happen to them, which is when I was in Hampstead Heath and I couldn't find a toilet. Oh, um, yes. And you know, obviously there are no public toilets, but by me saying I couldn't find a toilet, I couldn't find a safe place to relieve myself in a wood, basically, because it was just filled with people. Yeah, they said they went and took a, a longer walk than expected. They took water with them because it was really hot and they had to end up crouching behind some bushes in a park. And of course, people came up giving me a dirty look just as I was mid-flow. Uh, I won't say the name of this person, not to embarrass them even further, but I mean, really, it shouldn't be embarrassing because they were doing what they needed to do. So yeah, we were on your side. Uh, they said that they missed public toilets, as rancid as they are. They also went on to say that I'm sure they wouldn't care if it was their daughter. You know, older people have just a strong need to pee as younger people, if not even yeah. more. How are they going to, you know, they they must be more restricted than, than we are. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, and need to go I, more often, I've heard. I ju- I I'm just looking forward to. Yes. <laughs> I just stress to the individual that, you know, it's not as if you'd left the house with the intention of urinating in public. Yeah, it's, exactly. But that's, for some reason, the judgment that they seem to be holding for some bizarre unknown reason. Well, I just wonder why you would... It's, it's a bit like the horror film paradigm. It's like, if you see danger, your first instinct, unless you're brave, and like I suppose some characters in horrors are like that, Stupidly brave, I mean. Why wouldn't you run as far away from the situation as possible and try and put it out of your mind? The idea that people would then immediately criticise as if they were leaving some sort of TripAdvisor review or yeah. Uh, yeah, direct face-to-face feedback questionnaire. It seems a bit odd, really. Well, there is part of human consciousness where we actively find things that are disgusting quite fascinating or or the unknown quite interesting and I suppose the, the the human embarrassment of that 
they find attractive maybe subconsciously so they kind of go but i want to shake i want to see the person even more and then they relax their own feelings of being insecure by blaming that person for doing something disgusting when actually being audience to something is equally as shameful as the act even though the act isn't shameful in this situation can we pause there did i say again I don't think so. I just feel like maybe I should do a clean one. Just in case yeah. Alex has said the name of the person, we are going to bleep out the name of said person. We're not even sure whether Alex has said the name. We have the faculty to do such a thing. Which is excellent. Yeah, I would say also thank you, of course, to whoever sent this in. That's a very honest and frank thing that, of course, we're looking for. And hopefully we can show you with our guest episodes that that is more regular than not. I think we at Talking Toilets would say what you did was right. What you did was respond to your body in the way that one can only respond to the messages one's body gives. It's uh, it's not a coincidence that nature calling is where you've eventually chosen as your forum to... But you've also, you've also got to really need to pee, haven't you? It's yeah. kind of as simple as that. And it's, it's a sensation that surely everybody can relate to. But there is there is this weird what would you call it like division between male and female public urination, isn't there? Purely, I think, from the ease of flow from a man to the mm. ease of flow of a woman. I mean, it, you could argue that it dates back to. I'm you know, confused. What... Ease of flow. What does that mean? Ease of flow. So, for example, if if you just vision the average man peeing, yes, standing up, and then you imagine the average woman peeing. She's not standing up, no, she's she crouched. Yeah. And she's trying to dictate her flow. Yes. Um, because it because it's it's less I mean, this is awful because neither of us are women. And neither of us have ever had this. And in risk I've of I've never had that type awful. of urethra, no. No, but the it's I have been with many women um who have Steady on. Um who have who have in my kind of company have needed to pee where there isn't a toilet. Right. And it's always more of a, it has to be, you have to find a place that's slightly more secretive. You have to find a place where you can crouch, where you can be hidden. You have to be able to lift up whatever garments you're wearing or take off the garments or whatever and dictate the flow. Whereas with us, we can literally just unzip our trousers. I remember, didn't they invent, I, I was. it might have been on Dragon's Shiwi. The Shiwi, which is like, kind of like a small solid condom with a hole in it. Which you I think it might have been on Dragon's Den, yeah. It was definitely it designed for Den. the purpose of festivals, wasn't it? For like people yes. that... Or people and that I'm just kind need of, to be on the go all the time. Yeah, and I'm kind of mentioning the concept of the Shiwi to validate the what I'm trying to say, that there is a that it is harder for women to urinate in public. It does feel more like a um issue of feminism rather than cleanliness, because I feel like depending on mm. how you deposit your we, it is at the end of the day sort of just water, isn't it? With a little bit of well, it's ureas and ions, isn't it? Is that what it is? It's just yeah. like salt and other things. I've heard like recently that it's not as sterile as once thought. Well, but... I was always confused about the, the the argument of it being particularly sterile because yeah. your piss... is well, things your body doesn't piss, want. Well, it's things your body doesn't want, but it also is consistently changing. Like, my piss is sometimes yeah. clear, sometimes probably very watery, sometimes slightly more alkaline, I imagine. 
Um, and then sometimes is filled with the worst stuff and is probably more concentrated and is a very different colour. So yeah. for someone to say that your piss is, you know, it, it's consistently changing. Isn't it's it? quite so clear it when, well, no pun intended, but it's quite clear when um, you've been on a night out the next day or you just haven't drunk very much for a while. That concentratedness of that pee, that type of urine, it doesn't look like it's going to do anything any good. Do you know what I mean? Something that yellow is usually nature's yeah. way of saying, don't come near me. Yes. Also, like having just had a Barocca and it looks like you piss out the Barocca that you've just drunk. Oh, I've just, I've just thought, I've ha- I do have some toilet news this week. I had um, okay. asparagus in a risotto. It's actually National Asparagus Month, I believe, or week. I can't remember. Uh, but I think it's just I, this, it's just the season for asparagus, isn't it? True. Um, I coincidentally uh, cooked asparagus without knowing that um, in a risotto, and later went to the toilet that night. And here comes my question: If you eat asparagus, does your pee smell of asparagus? That's my question uh, well, to I'll, you and all the listeners. I'll, I eat quite a lot of asparagus um, when it's in season because I'm a big fan of it. I yeah, you know, I like making. Yeah, you know, there's a the gatehouse in Highgate has a really nice dish where they have um, what is it called uh, romesco romesco sauce oh, yeah. with asparagus grilled and asparagus then man, and then they put manchego on the top of it. And I try I replicate that now being in lockdown because it's something that I can't have. Um, and I just think, you know, because, especially things that are obviously seasonal. And I, I only eat, you know, you and I are both vegetarian. You know, I only eat vegetables hmm. um, and, you know, fruits and varieties of that. So it's kind of it's when something else, pop, when something like asparagus pops up, I eat it. And I eat a lot of it. And I don't notice any difference in the smell of my pee. Not that I'm actively trying to smell my pee, but in terms of how effervescent the smell of my urine is, yeah. I notice... I notice no change. You don't notice a subtle change in the aroma. No. So the the <laughs> the <laughs> thing <laughs> is this this comes back to a like a psychological more general thought about the way we perceive taste, smell, touch, sight, all of our senses that includes the ones that go beyond the five we usually know so inertia um yeah, 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 the yeah, sense yeah. of like heat and shit like that. Um there's also one to do with the sun, I think, which is pretty cool. There are loads. There's also like, yeah. where is my arm right now? I know exactly where it is, yeah. even though I can't see it. That's a sense. But what what about asparagus and piss? I mean, I want to scrutinise your... <laughs> when I pee, about two hours after I've eaten asparagus, my pee smells just like asparagus. Like, literally just Ugh. like asparagus. But it also ta- it like smells like asparagus taste. I almost said my wee tastes like asparagus. I was about to bring that up. But uh, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it smells just like it tastes, which is really unsettling. Um, but also And is that brilliant. smells just like it tastes just generally in the room? Or are you actively yeah. going... Closer to your piss. Yes. No, but I've, like I've heard this, like, there are a certain amount of people that don't smell this type of smell even when they eat and, like, smell asparagus before it goes into their body. But then when it, it gets into their system, they can't obviously smell it once it's gone through their urine. So I feel like I'm part of the, the lucky few that have that extra sensation when I smell and taste asparagus than... When you smell and taste asparagus, I'm just I'm 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 dosing myself with uh, just a little ego boost. 
that well, my experience of asparagus is more heightened and more intense and basically more akin to the sort of vegan, you know, moralistically ahead. Right, so you'll say so you'll say that you're a better human being. You're a better yeah, you're a better yeah. human being now well, that I you think can smell the asparagus in your piss. I think it's beyond sort of evidential reproach. I think it's just quite clear. It's 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 the same just like I get that first burst whiff of asparagus when I pee, most people should feel that when they see or hear or touch me. Well, maybe we should put out a poll on in terms of how many people out there can smell asparagus. Don't think we need to, really. Being honest, you don't. You don't. No, you just. You just want to because you're you're a, a mightier um, human being. Having well, been able to we smell did. Asparagus. We did. We did start this up to you know to get a sort of general consensus on toilets, and maybe we should open that up to democratic debate. But if you wish to leave negative feedback about me or Will, don't bother. We won't read it. <laughs> Welcome back to Talking Toilets. Now comes the time of the show that we have a look in the retrospective of the week's zeitgeist. I don't think mine actually, my article this week is uh, very zeitgeisty because it's been going for quite a while, this item of news. But I just wanted to bring it to the attention of fellow Londoners. But also, if you're not from London, it's an interesting fact anyway. I was thinking to myself before I searched this... I was thinking, where does my poo go? And after searching sewer London, I found out. So my article is basically the website of Tideway, which is the Thames Tideway Tunnel, London's new super sewer. Uh, there's wonderful images and I think brave engineers that are down in... I mean, it's not filled right now, but they're down there underground doing one of the riskiest jobs there is. And it's basically constructing a 25 kilometre tunnel under London's river that will prevent the tens of millions of tonnes of pollution that currently pollute the River Thames every year. Tens of millions of tonnes, which is just ridiculous. So it's it's due to be completed in 2024. It runs from Acton in the west of London to Beckton in the east, which is a long way. Um, I'll put uh, some sort of image on the socials of how long that really is. But basically, there's a really interesting quote that I found on this uh, website, which was, it may be hard to believe, but until the tunnel is built, we treat the River Thames like a toilet. Raw sewage flows directly into the Thames when it rains, as this is the only way to stop homes and streets from flooding with sewage when the existing Victorian sewers overflow. So are you saying that at the moment our sewage is going into the... Our, our, everything we flush down the toilet is currently going into the Thames? It says when it rains, that is the case. That's I think that's so, the caveat. So when it rains and yeah. water goes into the drains, the yeah. toy, the our, our pipe system, our underground pipe the system... The sewer system, yeah, sewer system overflows. can't cope with all the stuff we're flushing... And the stuff coming from the sky. And the volume of water, yeah. So at the moment, it's being siphoned off into the Thames. I don't know whether it's to do with levels, because I am so ignorant with this. And if there's anyone listening that could relieve my ignorance, that would be great. Because you, I imagine you would imagine it goes through some kind of treatment system. Well, I imagine because it's flooding, if it gets to a certain level, there must be some sort of pipe somewhere in the sort of interconnected yeah, yeah, yeah. web of sewers that is like a direct link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is that called in the bath? I want to know that as well. But the uh, it must be like an overflow duct or something like that. But it goes straight into the Thames, 
presumably in the west as much as in the east. Otherwise, they wouldn't have built this tunnel from the west. What that means is there's shit flowing into the River Thames, which is... Every time it rains. Every time it rains, which is quite, you know, often in Britain. Although this year, it hasn't really been so bad. But that if, if you needed any reason not to swim in the Thames from uh, Hammersmith to Essex, there's your reason. I think we all kind of had assumed it was filled with shit. I remember seeing a program about how our water was treated. Yeah. And it was how that, you know, you we are we do drink you know, water that has gone through other people. That is just a fact. Because yes, but it gets treated to such an extent where it is safe to drink. What do you think about the idea that we're putting money into stopping just this river from being polluted? And do you think that it's gonna have any effect, a visible effect for us? to look at the Thames and think, wow, that looks a lot cleaner than it used to be. Well, what I, what I think about, the way it makes me feel, is I'm more ashamed that we haven't done anything about this sooner, that we've just consistently, when it rains, been siphoning off our raw sewage into the, the Thames. Um, also, you know, certain things that we, you know, the amount of money we pump into space programmes and things like that, in, in the most developed city in the UK... We are just throwing our shit into the river like back in medieval times. The you know, then you know, the Thames used to be, though is an incredibly desirable you know, to live by the Thames is very desirable. But back in, you know, kind of the, the 14, 1600s, it was really disease central, wasn't it? It was a really horrible place to be. You know, there's there were a lot of stories around, you know, you know, like Milton and Shakespeare time when it was really you know, a, a cesspit of disease and it was horrible now i feel that we're just we're reverting back to where we were and the fact that how long have we been doing this for probably ever since you and i have been alive probably forever probably forever they've been siphoning it off which shows that it's not really a huge issue we haven't noticed it you know you kind of assume you kind of assume that the shit ends up there anyway well it's going to go into Um, the sea anyway which it's going to go into the sea anyway which that's a whole other shit in anyway um you know, it's got to end up somewhere, but you would hope... I'm hopeful. Think, I'm hopeful. I'm just more frustrated that we haven't resolved this problem sooner. And it's no wonder that you've had to go onto their website to be able to find it and nobody's actively reporting about it themselves. Agreed, you know, but just... to think to think that Crossrail uh, and Crossrail 2 have gone through that much planning, that much, you know, overdue construction... And, and so like... many people are against it as well. So many people yeah. are against this Crossrail... Yeah, there's been a hell of a lot of money put for and against it. Whereas I can't yeah. imagine anyone would be against an extra Not sewer, you know, having shit <laughs> flood the street and the city. <laughs> yeah, it's like the one but, thing we still, as a society, have as an unspoken sort of necessity is the. But who need. is going to profit from it? That's the thing. Nobody is going to financially profit from the building of this extra pipe. Certainly not um, the fish in the fucking North Sea. I can't. That's for sure. Are there many? Yeah, are there, I don't think there are many fish living successfully. Well, not in the Thames for sure. In the Thames. <laughs> but may, but maybe a bit further downstream into the estuary. Anyway, I'm I'm hopeful. I I I have in my mind's eye an image of a blue Thames, which yeah might yeah be safe to I mean, to swim in. It'd be really useful nowadays, wouldn't it? If, if there's definitely uh, less need for you know the, the Thames transportation. Many times when I yeah you know, when you go onto the South Bank or whatever, you don't really see much marine activity. You, it's mostly just tourist activity, isn't it? Really, the occasional tugboat with rubbish in it. Yeah, cool. What's your uh, what's your toilet news this week? 
Well, what I'm bringing to the table, almost like a kind of inspector, I've you know been looking through current news of toilets, and I've discovered three articles which I think are linked. So, toilet frog invasion leaves Derbyshire townsfolk scared and baffled. So, this is across how many different households? Four different households in Derbyshire. Uh, they've reported, uh, yeah, just going to the toilet and seeing quite well-developed frogs. Homeowners claim that frogs have infiltrated their water systems and are climbing through their drains and, you know, there's no reason behind it. The police have said that if anybody finds any frogs in their water systems to immediately report it so that then they can then go and have a look at the sewage systems uh, nearby and try to rehome these poor frogs. But yeah, they feel that, you know, it said do not try and flush them back down the toilet out of fear um, that they would then you know, start spawning down there and more frogs will start coming up. So that's that's one article. The next article is from the BBC and it's Toilet Dwelling Lizard Inconvenience Bristol Man. So there's this kind of newt-like lizard, but very well developed, that is, uh, oh, it's a gecko, has climbed up a toilet um, in Bristol and, you know, nobody knows how the lizard got down there. The police said they're not entirely sure. Uh, normally, when you read a story like that, you would become very suspicious of the man wondering whether or not he was trying to flush his pet away. Um, yeah. But then link that to another BBC News article where it says Gray's family shocked by slithering toilet snake. Uh, and this is in <laughs> Essex, where you know, it's a, a snake which they had no idea how it got there. So it says here a girl was left hysterical after finding a snake slithering across the bathroom floor of her family home and they feel that it had it had came, you know it had arrived through the toilet. Well I so mean it seems to where else would it come from? Would it be tapping are, on the window? Yeah precisely. So it seems to me that relatively exotic animals and creatures and reptiles are coming through our toilets almost like a teenage mutant ninja turtle villain has planted loads of these kind of creatures to then come up and have an uprising through our sewage system. Probably out of frustration that when it rains, the sewage system is overloaded and flushes into the Thames. But I then linked up, so if you link up Derbyshire and you then link up Bristol and then Essex on a map, it creates quite a nice triangle... Oh, um, God. You would then suspect that the centre of the triangle would be where the epicentre of the problem is, would be where the <laughs> supervillain would be. And we've got kind of Milton Keynes. Wow, Milton Keynes. We interesting, we were talking about the other day as having nothing <laughs> but roundabouts, Milton Keynes. So there seems to be somebody who's like started uprising against us having a go at Milton Keynes's character and you know, yeah. general offering. Um, and yeah, that's where the super, the reptile supervillain lives. Well, that's, listen, there's I'm a lot of open it. space in Milton Keynes. There's a lot of marshland. I know they've got a little water sports centre, having driven past <laughs> it. You uh, know a lot of Milton Keynes, don't you? The, well, but I, yeah. all I want to say out there is that just you know, let us know if you find anything weird in your toilet. Please I do. do. By weird, I don't mean something that you've placed in your toilet yeah, or something that's come from you. Don't curry favour. Don't. Yeah, but if you wake up one morning and you open that toilet lid and you find a frog or a snake or a lizard <laughs> or some form of living creature, don't flush it back down. Let Talking Toilets know. Also, maybe phone the police so that they can investigate the problem further. But yeah, let us know so that we can start narrowing down where precisely in Milton Keynes these um, 100%. reptiles being flushed. Will, I am reluctant uh, to call into question your newfound expertise in epidemiology, but... Um, uh -huh. <laughs> but I, I've always been a slight conspiracy theorist, and triangles are big on my um, on my the conspiracy trifecta. theory. The trifecta, 
Uh, you've got the Bermuda Triangle, the ca the Cape of Good Hope, I think, is part of a sort of triangular... The Holy uh, Trinity. The Holy Trinity, yeah. That pyramid on the dollar with the eye at the top. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. What did the, yeah, the Illuminati, there we go. The comment so, that yes. I was expecting to see on these uh, headlines when you sent me the articles earlier, I think they've missed a trick. The consistent joke that nature is returning now that humans have sort of left those areas. I think we can fit one in there somewhere. Yeah, nature, I mean, re you... nature returns to Grey's Essex toilet bowl. Well, bowls. in a similar way that they said dolphins were returning to Venice, we, you know, the reptiles are returning to our sewage systems. Finally. The... And amphibians. Finally. <laughs> <don't forget. laughs> and amphibians. I mean, it, at least it gives David Attenborough the chance to work from home. Oh God, that's that. Well, that's a program I would watch actually, because you kind 100%. of. I was watching. I was watching Planet Earth yesterday, and I was you know in that kind of you know mind numbing. How much more TV is there out there for me to watch? So I'll start rewatching Planet Earth, and you kind of watch it, going, "Yes, this is all wonderful and beautiful," and you have, you know, that uh, lizard, what is it, a baby Komodo dragon or whatever, traveling to the rocks by the sea and is being chased by snakes, and they dramatize it and make it seem as like this almost car chase-like yeah. thing. And you're watching it, going, "Yeah, this is all wonderful," but a lot of nature isn't sexy, isn't entertaining. It's just, you know, like lion, for example, lions don't they spend like ninety percent of their life just still. They're very kind of, you know, still creatures. So though, so. so though watching lions, you know, obviously when you're watching a small, you, you only have a minute to, to dedicate to a lion. They're going to show you it hunting or it mating or, it, yeah. or it, you know, patrolling their ground. But, a, you know, a more realistic portrayal of this lion's life would be it just sleeping. It, trying being... not to pass out through heat exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, and through lack wearing, of food. Wearing a fur, full fur coat in, you know, as close to the equator as you can get where there's grass and grassland. Yeah. And it's also, you know, in that, in that specific instance where you had this lizard travelling... To be honest, it sounds a bit similar to a nature documentary if it was about me. 90% of my time <laughs> is spent on my arse doing very little. Well, but this lizard, when it was running away, it was running away from what looked like a plethora of snakes. It was, you yeah. know, there were, there were hundreds of snakes, it looked like, in these caves. The story was that the, the lizard, you know, managed to escape and was fine and was, was well. But really, with all these snakes thriving, it, did, it, it looked, and, you know, this one poor lizard, it didn't look like it was telling a true story of nature. Yeah, nature documentaries tend to miss out the sort of, I would say... Reality? Yeah, reality, the sort of the more common and often than not times that evolution has created basically a vast feeding ground of one particularly yeah. vulnerable animal. But uh, also, if you were to record me, I am like a natural being, as are we all. I eat and shit a lot, and neither of those two things are particularly gracious or wonderful. Yeah. So... Whether or not that's a fair enough comparison. Well, to I think that's slightly unfair because you did you did sabotage your own toilet the other week, <laughs> <laughs> and that developed quite an interesting, a beautiful thing. Yeah, right. I think that's enough for toilet news today. This is the part of the podcast where we do our topic toilets, and Woo! after much deliberation, we've decided to talk about portaloos. Portaloos are a big part of the game when it comes to toilets. They are so useful. It enables us to not have to shit and defecate in woods or in pathways. Like at Wimbledon, for example, it's very useful having portaloos at festivals, in parks, at building sites. They're a big part of our lives, portaloos. So we thought we'd give them our, their just deserved. 
and we talk about them in our topic toilets. Do you want to start? Shall I start? Yeah, uh, I'll start because I'd quite like to get this over with. Um, it's slightly oh, embarrassing. <laughs> uh, you know, last week uh, when we started our topic toilet discussion, I had a little bit of a... Oh, it was it was a recent toilet portaloo situation. Uh, it was, yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, go it on. Was, so last week when we started talking about the topic toilets, I had a little bit of a sort of um, mind sort of uh, warp. Well, you couldn't um, get it out. Much I couldn't like get right it out. Now. Exactly. And it was about the size of certain things compared to me. Yep. And yep. uh, yeah, it sounded as if I was describing something about my person. Now, much this like one now. is... Yep. this Yes, much like now. This one is about that because of the state I was in when I used this portaloo. And I apologise to any member of family who's listening to this in advance, if they are. Hopefully not. If you picture... <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully they're showing some bloody support. If, if you picture the show I was in a couple of years ago, it was a nice big cast of 33, 32, 33 people. And we went to a barbecue of the, one of the lead actors at his lovely place in, I think it was Greenwich, Greenwich somewhere in Greenwich, um, Blackheath, that was it. And um, there was quite a lot of us there and it was a really nice night and he was having work done in his house. So had a port at the front for the builders, which was being used as a sort of communal... Uh, sort of guest barbecue toilet. It was quite apt and quite um, useful. So I used that a couple of times during the barbecue. And then most people left and it was kind of people that were staying around for a little bit of a, a cheeky uh, drinker bubble. And um, that included myself. You, you weren't drinking while the barbecue was happening? This was. Oh yes, no, 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 no. We were. We were pacing ourselves oh, because okay, there were children fine. around and there were parents and, and basically what you know, even in my twenty. Oh, so it was like a nice family style barbecue and then it turned into a bit of a party barbecue. Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, right, cool. Um, yeah. And uh, so we in were the all party sort of, stage. In the party <laughs> stage, we were all sat around the fire pit. God, I loathe myself for using anything close to Love Island terminology, but yeah, we were sat around an effectual fire pit. Um and um I got to a stage where I was quite mind altered, and I'm gonna leave it at that. And I decided I needed to go to the toilet. Um, now, my partner was there and I went to the bottom of the garden where there's this little sort of like, um, they've got like this summer house. And um, on one side of it, it's like the summer house and the fence of the next door garden. And there's sort of like a little tiny little alley down that side. And then on the other side is the exit to the front of the house and the portaloo. And um, I... I went to pee at the bottom of the garden because that was now the new, in the party stage, that was the new cool hip place to go for a quick wee. And I'm going to take this back to the start of the episode in that obviously the girls weren't choosing to pee there because that was, it, you could see from the fire pit what was going on there. So I was quite mind altered and I headed down to that place and what happened was I was too aware of what, was behind me and um, I think in my stupor I imagined that the voices I was hearing were sort of you know were paying more attention gradually and then and then quite quickly turning their focus onto me standing there making no noise no stream anything like that and I I started to like I think I was there for longer than I 
I felt like I was because I think Louisa, my partner, came over and was like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I think so. I think I need to go to the portaloo. And I think then what happened is Louisa took me to the portaloo and I don't know whether it was like, like phantom memory, muscle memory, penis memory, call it what you want. I was stood in the portaloo and Louisa was outside and I just couldn't wee, but I needed to. Okay. Yep. And uh, I stood there for a while and I think I, I, I basically I got shy penis. That's ridiculous. I was expecting you to have pissed yourself or shat yourself or something awful, but actually nothing awful happened. You just Oh, no, no, no. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, no, it's not awful in the slightest. It is when you're in it, I would say. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I have a feeling that you probably haven't, but when you have shy penis, it's sort of like all your attentions sort of direct themselves to one of two things. And the way I describe it is it's either thinking about how not well you're doing in the task that you're trying to do, or it's what everyone else is doing behind you, if that makes sense, and like thinking about. So it's sort of, it splits your mind in two places. It splits the sort of exterior thought and the interior thought. So how did Um, you relieve yourself? I think I was in the portaloo for maybe about 10 minutes. I I can't remember because I was... I was still quite mind altered, but like, I have a feeling I was there for quite a while and then eventually something happened. I think, I think people had noticed. Yeah. But there you have it. They, great, cool. Okay, fine. Well, my Portaloo story is that, uh, so it was a Green Man Festival where you, you know, Portaloos are kind of the saving grace of life. But they have, you know, they've got structures where they have like slightly more permanent toilets and then they've got really, um, you know, non-permanant portaloos. Uh, and the it, this was right by one of the main stages. Uh, somebody big, I think Sandy Alex G or something had just finished. So loads of people were then coming. There was a big queue for the toilet. I'm near the front of the queue. I think there were probably five, ten people in front of me. Um, and I see somebody go into a portaloo. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, don't think anything of it. You can see people going into the portaloos. I then see somebody else go into the same portaloo without the door, without the door opening. So I go, oh, well, that's, you know, it did. You notice it. You go, okay, cool. Like it's a festival. They're probably doing something they probably, you know, they shouldn't be doing in there. Then a third person goes into the portaloo and you go, okay, this is, <laughs> this is madness. And then a slightly older woman comes out of the portaloo that you hadn't seen enter that i hadn't seen enter it and i'm like oh, what's going on and then yeah so and then it's kind of like i think i think there's one other person in front of me and there's a, a security guard starts wandering over to the toilet and stands to the side of this toilet it's the, the toilet right on the edge and i'm like oh fuck like what's going on here like i, I, I want to see what happens so I kind of step out of the, the queue of the toilet on the side and wait specifically for this toilet. Yeah. You know, the, the person behind me is like, are you going into the free? And I'm like, no, 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 go on. Like my, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more obsessed about this toilet than the need for me to pee. Um, also because I know that there, this is a toilet. This is a cubicle. I will be able to wait and see. And, you know, t- you know time passes and nothing happens. 
So I go over to the security guard who's waiting by this toilet. And I'm like, mate, like, what is going on in there? And he goes, have you not? Do you want to go in? And I'm like, no, but I don't want to. There are three people in there, for fuck's sake. I don't want to go into the, like, what you, what's going on? And he goes, no, 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 in you go, in you go. And I open the cubicle, you know, the portal to um, the door. And it's an entrance. It's like an alley. It's like it's an entrance into a toilet alleyway. I'm glad and, my suspicions were confirmed. Okay. Yeah. And you go through this kind of, you know, there are levers. There's a, it's, it's like, it's like a bit of a, a, a hygienic toilet hell where you've got things hanging from the ceiling. There are, yeah, but it's a maze. It's like a maze. And you go through the maze and you come out the other end of the maze and you're presented with 16 beautiful toilets. 16 beautiful, permanent, structural, hygienically clean, well-sanitized, barely-used toilets. And it it was revolutionary because nobody would... There was no sign. There was no clear evidence. It was basically a backstage area. It was behind the main one of the main stages. Um, it was, and then the road, the, the green road, then led to a car park. So it was almost as if it was a little seek, and there was a bar as well. At late night, there was a bar there that was called like the backstage bar, right and next I think to the only... toilets. Well, near like yeah, within a few feet, there was then like this kind of like uh, canopy area, and it was I think it was a backstage bar. You had to have a certain pass to be able to use the bar, but you could. But the toilets were completely free to use, and it was it was magical. It was wonderful. You just it was. It was everything. It was the, a Narnia toilet. It was a Narnia so they weren't, of toilets. They weren't portaloos, or they were. They were just better quality portaloos. They were. They were just. They were better quality portaloos. They were the okay. kind of portaloos that get uh, like w- in one structure that get towed along. Oh um, right, yeah. So it's sort of elevated, like basically toilet. They've got sinks. They've got a mirror, and like a uh, sort of a bin and stuff like that. Is that right? Perfect. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like those. Yeah. There was. Those are like slightly more upmarket outdoor events, aren't they? They tend to be. Yeah. 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 Or the, the kind of stuff that they give to the band members instead of the thousands of people that have flocked to watch them. I mean, don't get uh, me wrong. They'll still get covered in mud on the floor, and like you know, especially that they invited me to come into them. I've I'm suddenly sure. discovered them, so they're fucked. But it was so, wonderful. Yeah. I I might have drifted off. Did you did you say that you were invited into that world by the bouncer, or did you say that like you? Were... I think anyone could go in and I think anyone, anyone could, could go, go in. in and out of it. There was a bouncer outside. He was waiting. I think he was probably just policing the fact that somebody very fucked going into there thinking it was a toilet would right. go in and be like what the fuck, and then would actively probably piss and shit in the vicinity of the. So he's more a psychotherapist the... rather than a, a security guard, <laughs> just to bring them yeah. back into reality once they stumble out with bits of loo brush hanging off the ceiling yeah, yeah, on them. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. It's almost as if the festival had designed a secret surprise for you, and like, well, I think they had. That's what they yeah. had done. It yeah, that's was, cool. It was. It wasn't in. It wasn't advertised. It wasn't in like the booklet that you were given at the festival, uh, and it was kind of a yeah. And it was only discovered by like visually seeing the kind of Narnia effect of three people entering, one old lady exiting, going like, "What the fuck is that?" You're know, like a clown car when you yeah. have all these clowns come out of one tiny car. 
and then it kind of being everything I wanted it to be. Because I needed the toilet, and I, I love it, like a secret kind of alleyway, and it created almost a Shangri-La t- a toilet experience where yeah. I went in, I went through a hidden alleyway and then came out the other end and was presented with some very clean, lovely toilets, which I then consistently went to use. I actively then sought out using those toilets. I mean, people, got, you, people occasionally you got Narnia. pissed off when you jumped the queue. Yeah, 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 because they're they're waiting for their time in the ethereal. Well, they're, you know, they, they they think they think they're they're waiting for a toilet. You kind of jump in and go through this toilet, and then people go, "Hey, hey, hey!" And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You follow me, and you'll you'll be welcomed into the gods of toilets." Um, yeah. Or you could, or you can keep shouting at me, and I'm just going to go through this portal anyway. I've got two further questions. The the first on. one is, uh, was it was it designed so it looked almost like identical to all the other portaloos. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. the thing was, behind there was, there it... There was no difference. The thing behind it, was there like a passage from the door of that portaloo to the sort of ethereal uh, range of toilets in front of you? Or was it straight out the other side? No, no. So you open, you open the portaloo and you're entered and it's as if you're in the portaloo, like you're inside the actual portaloo. Yeah. But where the toilet is, is like a hole, like a cave. And then you go through that oh. cave. You go through that cave, and then you're in a maze where you it's a sharp turn to the right, left, right, left. You're kind of going in like a maze, and then where there's you know like uh, sensory I'm, things around you, and I'm then you come it. out the other end, and then you're in this area where you've got these like you know static toilets, and you've got the bar area. It was lovely. That's amazing. Did you witness anyone um, sort of not having an ethereal Narnia slash Doctor Who? <laughs> experience and having a more sort of like except for the old lady who exited who didn't look particularly happy with where she was she didn't want to crawl um, through a hole to do her business basically no I, I think that's why i think seeing her leave was why i was slightly apprehensive as to whether or not someone had slipped something in my drink or something um but yeah no it's lovely it was wonderful cool yeah. i like it so now we enter the uh, the final thoughts um, for the week, we we since because of the corona issues, we've decided to end on a, a hope for the future, which I I want to continue. Really, I think it's a good idea. Uh, do you have anything you hope for the future, Alex? Um, I mean, we're recording this a day after Boris has uh, effectively confused everyone on the planet uh, with his yeah. intentions. Um, so I have one hope. Uh, as a key worker returning to work this Thursday. Mm. And that is that the weather stays nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's very windy where I am right now. Um, and I assume where you are, it's not much different. Um, but yeah. it's like the clouds are starting to come back. And it's just the one extra protection from what we are going through right now is the idea that UV light can somehow <laughs> enter the body. Um, so I just hope it enters the body. Of disinfectant. Disinfectant. Can we uh, get that inside the body as well somehow? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just... I, I, I think Greg's might be open by the time I go back to work. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to uh, okay, for, cool. the, for the vegan range. But um, yeah, I just hope that it's a nice sunny summer. I hope that we don't have a repeat of last year. Um, I'm I'm going down back to basics uh, from my well, well, week. basically what you're because you're going back to work, you're suddenly going fuck. I just hope everything else is nice. Yeah, to kind of 
yeah, to, to soften the blow of having to return back to delivering plumbing equipment. Exactly. I, I, I imagine I'll probably be back on furlough in a matter of weeks because if people follow the advice as they were seemingly doing over the weekend, oh, uh, God, it looks yeah. like we're, we're going back to a second wave. I've seen one um, meme online of uh, Boris Johnson's graphic that he released from Downing Street of the curve sort of going down and then the meme continues the curve as it goes back up and turns into a tidal wave with lots of people <laughs> flying up inside of it and like phase three sort of broken apart. Yeah. So, so it's um, interesting that you've mentioned memes because that's my my thought for the, my hope for the future this week is okay. that we have a um, an understanding that all these memes um, that though are brilliant and help soften the blow and are great to be shared around yeah. are actually are actually um, making a horrible situation comical and that though it makes it easier to deal with and easier to share and easier for us to show our opinions that's not the end of our thought process on the matter you know there's that lovely thing of Boris Johnson and then at the top it says go out but but stay in and go to work but don't travel and and it's like you know that is literally it's kind of what he said and it's this is a man whose job it is is to communicate and to lead us and he's not doing any of those things effectively um, you've got that horrible thing where you've got the the Nando's chart and of of hotness and it goes and then you you've got the the one to five scale that Boris Johnson has put in and it goes, right, okay, cool. So we were at medium, but we need to be at lemon and herb. I understand now. And yeah. it's like, you know, actually, actually that is a fair comparison because that is, you know, people that get paid an incredible amount of money that were given an extra 10 grand bonus to be able to working at home, a lot of whom have taken many days off during this pandemic. It was their minds that came up with this concept of this one to five system. Okay, how long did it take you to come up with that? Why is it so um, non-specific, and how is it going to help us drive forward? Except for to bring the poor back to work, but bring the working class back to work when it's not safe to do so, and allow the upper and middle class uh, to remain working at home because that's all it seems to be, and then put them at risk. Um, so something that's so simple that can be put into a meme that then becomes comical and then people go, ha ha ha, ha I'm going to share this to show that I'm on side, but then yeah. forget, but then forget that more action needs to be taken and more vote. And we need to be more vocal about how, um, you know, monstrative those actions really are. And so what? Yeah. So that's that's my hope for the future, that there's a direct comparison between acts, action and memes. The thing is, is that there's so much... Uh of yes of those uh sort of middle and upper middle class lives that are now at the moment being played out over cyberspace and the idea that mass demonstration can't happen not that that has much effect or hasn't really had much effect in the last 10 years um it's not a polarizing issue i find this coronavirus it's a very simple issue you try and keep the number of people who are dying down and to do that, I think we've got a little bit skew uh, since lockdown because every message that we've received from our government is gently easing a scenario that we were late to is a good idea. And that is, I think, everyone with at least some scientific grasp of how disease works. I think, look at the story of Italy and Germany right now. You've got death sort of turning back up its ugly head. Uh, uh, and um, 
I just I, I, I fear what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, with, but I mean, with, what with regards you said is to, right. Yeah. What you said is right. You know, it's the there's this mixed message and there's a lack of consistent voice. Um, like I mean, I you know, Piers Morgan is a man who is contentious. He just says contentious things um, to gain a following, and he's you know definitely not a man who I've agreed aligned with politically. Um, but you know, he questioned um, who was it? It was um, Andrew Bridgend. Um, he he questioned the Tory MP um, today, I think, and he said, yeah. you know, right. So I want to go and see my mum. Um, am I allowed to do so? We don't live together. Uh, am I allowed to go and visit her? And Andrew Bridgen said, yeah, you absolutely are. Like you would use common sense and you would go. And Piers Morgan rightfully says, but that's not what Boris Johnson has told us to do. That's not your, that is not a clear and concise message. That's yeah. absolutely ludicrous. So how, so all these MPs are going out and nobody is clear on the message. No, the government has failed you, I believe. Yeah. So right. we need well, to stick up for those people. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, yeah, so we hope for the future that it is sunny and that um, there is action as well as memes. As well um, as memes, but clear and, and concise memes. Clear and concise memes um, and ones that are made inside without, without the need for um, extenuous travel. Excellent. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for listening. It's um, great to be doing this and great to, you know, uh, be heard. Um, we hope we give you some mild entertainment during these very strange times. We look forward to continuing this after the lockdown and hopefully when everybody's safe and able to continue their lives as normal or whatever normal um, will be. Uh, and yeah, we hope to bring on some lovely guests. Uh, our Facebook is Talking Tea Podcast. Give us a, a like and follow our media on there. Our Instagram and Twitter is Talking Toilets underscore. Uh, we post daily. We post things about you know topical, um, you know what's going on in the world with toilets, as well as news on both of us and our new released episodes, which come out every Thursday. So yeah. absolutely, and we are looking forward to potentially bringing you a collaboration. Um, maybe in the weeks ahead, we are aiming to do it then. We also have episodes that we have previously recorded that we might be able to share with you sooner rather than later as well. But you'll find out about that when you when you will. I mean, <laughs> Thank you, that's going to get cut. <laughs> uh, uh, also, if you have anything to tell us, if you have any feedback or if you have yes. a toilet story, please get involved. Also, if you feel like you'd be a good host on the show, all you have to do is let us know and get involved with... We're literally open to anything. Yes, exactly. Great. Excellent. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, keep flushing. Keep flushing. <laughs>